Welcome to another episode of the Fleetway Sonic Experience. Uh, episode two, coming at you hot after our first 15 issues of Fleetway Sonic. We have read this week's comics in anticipation. We have a lot to talk about, as always. And we have some big shifts in Fleetway this week, I think. A lot of really good stuff. It's clear that they are moving past that initial phase that they sort of have at the beginning of a lot of these comics. They're starting to build out that world bit by bit. Even physically in the comics, because now we're getting more stories focusing on some of the other characters, namely Tails. They are smart enough to understand oh. that Tails uh, is going to be a focal character. Um, That Tails story... Yeah, it gave me some <laughs> yeah. flashbacks, so to speak. Ah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yes, we are here once again with some Fleetway Sonic, some British moments, uh, some Sonic being a dick, and many other things. But I think we should just get right into it. So we'll go and dive right in. Sonic the Comic, issue number 16, with our first story done by Mark Miller and art by Brian Williamson. It's a Christmas episode! Merry Crimbo! Now, see, friends, in the magical land of Britain, Crimbo is a much, much, much bigger deal than it is in America. At least, at least to me, I think crim cr Christmas matters a lot more in, in 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 the UK, right? Uh, I feel like that's the case. I know the the joke in Japan is that uh, you get KFC for Christmas, but uh, I don't know what the British audience members tell us your uh, Christmas traditions. Yeah, so let's just let's just start, folks. It's Christmas in the Green Hill Zone. Everyone's getting presents left, right, and center. Apparently. From a reformed Robotnik. All ready to start. It's like, okay, great. We have we have some something going on here. Okay, great. I would like to point out that for some ungodly reason, Dr. Robotnik has this like face that looks like, you know I had to do it to him. And he also looks like he's just like, hey, I'm the Fonz. <laughs> I, 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 I can't even begin to overstate like how ridiculous like this art is. Uh, again... Not not necessarily shitting on it, mind you, but like you look at this and you tell me this is not the most like Italian coded British art you've ever seen in your entire <laughs> life. <laughs> That's an excellent way to put it. Excellent way to put it. So of course Sonic is a, a little suspicious about all this. Thought of Robotnik suddenly going good doesn't click with him. So he goes to investigate, but he sees him. Robotnik is actually kind of acting it out pretty well, just handing out gifts to all the animals and tails shows up and says yeah no robotnik is reformed he gave me these new power sneakers as he just quickly zooms off with sonic speed this is the best christmas ever though sonic is not 100 percent convinced but robotnik says to him look i think christmas should be about sharing and forgiving not fighting another flicky nearby vouches for him he did bring everybody presents and sonic is like you know what i I think this might be for real then. But then, of course, we see a shadowed Robotnik in his lab watching from a monitor saying if this all goes to plan, this will be the last Christmas. 
We'll see. By the way, so I, I need to talk about this because I think we need to educate some readers on a bit of bit of a cultural difference here. Sonic was primarily associated with in the America with obviously rock, heavy metal, the 90s subculture. Britain, Britain had a bit of a different interpretation of it. There was one thing that was going on in the 90s in Britain and the UK and across all of Europe, and it's built into their goddamn DNA, raving. Oh, these Europe and British motherfuckers love raving. They love techno. They love house. They love electronic music. Hardcore. It is a known fact. And the 90s was the peak of this, which is why there is a significant amount of sonic music and sonic relations in the UK and Britain that is related to raving techno house. And this is the interpretation we get in Sonic the Comic. And I'm not going to lie. It's cool. I also think it kind of explains why Sonic is kind of a dick, because maybe he's meant to embody the more like, well, hard rock and metal is like anti-authority, but rave is more like rough, like rough, rough, rough against people, you know? So I do kind of like this as their angle that they're taking, and they're not just aping the American like rock and roll sort of vibes. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a new twist on what we've already seen. And uh, as you mentioned, we see the Green Hill Christmas Party. Sonic's the DJ. So I think this is very, yeah, that's a very fitting interpretation of Sonic's character and adapting it to the uh, British culture. Yeah, this is this is one of those moments that like really stuck out to me as like, you know, like 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 we joke about like the 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 weird shit going on with like, you know, the cultural differences, the British moments. But this is one of those times where you can see the difference in culture actually making a unique spin on the character that feels interesting it's it's a it's it's the same lens but a different path so to speak yeah yeah it's just different it is not good nor bad it is just different so next we see sally asking everyone raise a glass cheers to robotnik and he thanks everyone for their kindness and as they give their three cheers sonic quips yeah yeah more like three chairs as robotnik is actually sitting on three chairs man why you gotta go there <laughs> why you gotta go there man that's fucked up uh, this is, uh, this is definitely a British moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Randomly, one of Robotnik's SWAT bots shows up, and he's, like, drunk on motor oil, and, uh, admits, yeah, the Robotnik out here, that's not the real Robotnik, is a robot with a bomb, and he's gonna blow all y'all sky high, and Sonic's like, hey, yo, leaps into action, running max speed while carrying the robot Robotnik, all the while, he's just asking, like, Sonic, what are you doing? Tails follows Sonic at Sally's request, and we see Robotnik kind of melting from the G-Force, and the robot skeleton is starting to get exposed, which then Sonic throws him off a cliff and dunked into the ocean. Tails catches up with Sonic there, is asking, like, bro, what, what are you doing? Sonic says, no, look, that wasn't Robotnik. That, had a, that was a robot with a bomb. And the bomb goes off underwater, forcing a wave up and pushes Sonic and Tails back. And Sonic boasts to Tails... When are you guys gonna learn? I'm never wrong. Who oh boy? Oh boy. He's such he's such an asshole. He's such a fucking self-obsessed asshole in this comic. It's such a different vibe, but there's something kind of endearing about it. Yeah, it's just sort of it's kind of like you know that one guy who like ostensibly you would hate him, like in real life, but when you interact with him, it's like, you know, like you're the only person who can get away with this. That's the vibe I get from Sonic. You are the only person who can get away with this. 
Only Sunky. All the animals see the explosion. They're worried for Sonic, but he and Tails return nice and easy. They're going back to the Christmas rave. And everyone's about to dig into the turkey burgers, but not before Sonic breaks the fourth wall. And they all wish us a Merry Christmas and a cool Yule. Watch out for robot imposters. Robotnik is pissed that his plan didn't work out, but is interrupted with his robots giving him a Christmas present. An egg-shaped chair. He's never given Christmas gifts before. While he does appreciate it, he does note, if they had time to go Christmas shopping, you're clearly underworked. You're working double shifts over Christmas. Ah, always preferred Easter anyway. Alright, that's the end of the Crimbo story. Uh, that's a funny little end. I hope you guys are ready for, um... Yeah, when I mentioned this gave me flashbacks, it gave me fucking flashbacks. Yeah, yeah, so there's, so there's, okay, so I'm gonna say this right now. There are some stories here that feel like they took a concept that is, like, a pretty easy, like, oh, we could do this for a kid's comic, and then translated it through different lens. So we have the lens of, um, the English, well, the, the, the North American version of this story. And now we have the British version. Yeah. Um, so this second story, the technically the D story, was written by Nigel Kitching. And we have a new artist by the name of Dave Windet. His work only appeared here and in the next Tales story that we're doing. But he does have a prolific career in doing comics and illustrations for Edgemont, Paramount USA. And this is an interesting surprise. This kind of a funny going back all the way around. He did art for a JetX How to Draw book. And did a tutorial for Shadow the Hedgehog. Life is funny that way, I guess. Yeah, life is, life is just really funny that way. We open on the Emerald Hill Zone. Tails chasing after Sonic as per usual. And Sonic is uh, getting a little annoyed of Tails following him, asking to try to keep up. He says he's busy. I don't need you slowing me down. So stay out of my way for once. Catch you later. And Tails, left behind in the dust, says, no, that's not fair. I know I made a mistake or two in the past, but I, I could help, you know? And then out of nowhere... A green portal opens behind him and calls out for him. A voice inside does. Miles Prower, we have come for you. A figure in the portal calls for him again. It is time. And Tails tells himself this is the one thing he's been afraid of. A portal into the nameless zone. Oh boy, here we go. Hold on guys, we're still we're still going up on the roller coaster. We're still going up. But you you're already starting to see it, right? Uh-huh. All right, let's get this over with. He walks into the portal and meets the two Enchanter Kings, fellow foxes, and Tails asks, "What do you want?" Well, the stories of your great deeds has reached us, Miles Prower. Ev everyone just calls me me tales and the kings have seen the letters that he sent back home to his family tales of your brave deeds with your assistant what was your name again uh uh look i know i said sonic was my my assistant but uh, no tales we know of your modesty as well but this is not the time we've had this battle armor prepared for you and it is enchanted light as a feather tales again tries to explain the letters but he's being fitted into the armor as he speaks and one of the kings says, if Tails was able to defeat Robotnik, you can handle this issue with great ease. And again, Tails tries to explain himself, but they're like, no, 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 you can explain yourself at the victory feast. I'm really not getting through to you, am I? They bring Tails to the edge of the Nameless Zone, a large wooden bridge being guarded by this, like, goblin-looking creature with an armor, black broadsword, and he is asking for their champion to appear. And they insist he will arrive soon, as this individual by the name of Trog, no matter how strong or fearsome their champion may be, I will annihilate him. 
So I'm going to say what we're all thinking. If Tails is the chosen one in this fucking canon too, I'm going to summon my persona live on stream. Okay. So like, so Pender, okay. So, so I'm, uh, yeah, yes, we're resurrecting it. Okay, fine. I don't Listen, care. this falls under the fair play of the Yeah, 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 yes, yes, yes. Pender's aped this. You think he aped it? You think he knew? I think, I think, I think he aped it with the Merlin shit specifically. You know what? I'm not going to make a judgment call on it because uh, even with the reading section we have, we don't have all the details, but I'm going to keep that call in the back of my head as we move on with future issues. Um, okay. Let's just continue because now we have to talk about Nightmare. <laughs> Nightmare. Nightmare. So we are going next to Sonic the Comic issue 17. Now... For those that are on the video version of the podcast, you're seeing the art right behind me. And you're going, what the, in the name of all that is godly and holy, am I looking at? And I too asked that same question when I saw this cover. It is, what, what is this cover, Aaron? Describe it to us with human words. Um, funny you mention a human. Sonic the comic starring Sonic the Hedgehog. Would you believe Sonic the human? The strangest Sonic story ever told. So it's... Them taking the design of Sonic and retrofitting it onto a human. Um, yeah, not even Archie went this far. <laughs> yeah, this is a weird fucking story, and that's saying something. Do I think that it's bad? Honestly, not really. It's weird as fuck, but it's not bad. And you want to know why? Because it still fits. And that's the difference maker. This is going to be something that I feel like we're going to be talking a lot more about as these issues go on. But the weird shit in this comic fits. It actually works. Because it feels like it's still connected to the games. And to me, that's the most important thing. Yes, so without further ado, this Sonic the Human story, writing and art done by Ed Hillier. We open normal stuff. Tails being held hostage, Eggman in a giant mech, and is about to crush a tied-up Sonic under the boot. And just as contact is made, we suddenly were in a kid's bedroom. And this kid in question is waking up from that dream. This kid, as far as we can tell, is Sonic and is disoriented from that nap. And now he appears to be human on Earth confused about his clothes, and looks in his mirror, demanding his reflection tell him where he is and who he is. Sees that it's a mirror? Oh no, that's me. And why am I ugly and pink? <laughs> a voice downstairs and asks for him, by his given human name of Aaron, come down here off your lazy bed you lay about. Do they mean me? And slowly makes his way downstairs, can't really tell his surroundings, doesn't even really tell what zone he's in either. And the woman calls him, welcoming her son into the kitchen. And he replies, the name's Sonic. What are you? She takes offense. That is no way to talk to your mother like that. And so she serves him his breakfast. Your favorite, a nice hard-boiled egg. And for the record, the art is like distorting as she's like doing all this for the record. That's very important. Yeah, the 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 effect here is is pretty cool. It's like uh, almost like Dada esque. I I really like this the 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 surrealism of it, especially when paired against the rest of the uh, the colors where everything looks kind of normal except the mom. And Sonic, of course, refuses to eat this. You're not my mother. I'm really Sonic the Hedgehog. 
But she says, oh, you've got such an overactive imagination. Must be all those computer games you've been playing. Now be a good little boy and eat your egg. He's got him bound in like a bear hug trying to force feed him. But he's able to break free and run out into the backyard. And Sonic even asks like, how things have even gotten like this? I'm still the best. And in this backyard, he thinks it's Emerald Hill, but not really. Doesn't know what's going on. Thinks he'll never see his friends again. Till he hears someone calling for help on the other side of the fence. And Sonic asks who's there. And this voice, he lives next door, you know. Will you be my friend? As he begs for help, they're coming for him. And this kid is like someone who kind of looks like Tails a little bit. His hair is like in two puffs, kind of like his tails. Sonic tries out his old reliable supersonic spin attack, which as a human is just him like cartwheeling into the fence and knocks himself <laughs> out cold. Which is, which is pretty fucking great. Yeah. He wakes up back in bed, notices the sheets were tucked in so tight he can't move. And that's where Mother arrives, this time showing concern, now trying once again to have Sonic eat this egg. Cracked inside, there's some kind of like green goop in it. After you eat it, she says, everything will be so much better. Forget those silly dreams, you're just an ordinary little boy. And he's resisting until suddenly she screams, eat it, Spike Ball. Sonic recognizes Robotnik's voice and manages to break free. He's not a human dreaming of being a hedgehog. He is Sonic the Hedgehog as the world around him like starts to transform back to normal. There's a crazy ass panel of him like becoming a hedgehog from his human form. It's um, it's some Animorph shit, man. <laughs> like actually Animorph shit. It's pretty funny. We're now back in Robotnik's lab. Sonic has broken free of the programming. The Badnik warning Robotnik that Sonic broke out. But that's impossible. The machine should have turned him into a mindless slave, obedient to my every command. I resisted the programming, he says, destroying the Badnik. Hard luck, Egghead. So Robotnik makes his escape, leaves Sonic in the dust, and of course swears his return. He then, Sonic does, waken Tails up, complaining about having a nice dream before all this. At last I remember Robotnik captured us, though. What happened? Sonic explains that they were imprisoned on an alien planet by huge, horrible creatures. The kind of thing you could never imagine. Not even in your worst nightmares. Tell you all about it, little buddy, but you would never believe me. That's the end of that story, and you know you're right. It wasn't bad, actually. Yeah, okay, so, so this is, like, the big thing that I'm already noticing, right? They're taking the weird ideas and then filtering them in a way that isn't unpalatable. And I think a lot of that is because the comics are short right now, and I think that's actually to their benefit. There's a flow to it that doesn't feel like you know a story is going to go on too long or things are going to get too weird or out there. Some of these stories could serve to be a little longer, but this one, a quick one and done. This is how you do the weird shit. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely how you go. I mean, look, if Archie ever pulled something like this, this would have been like an entire issue. Like this could have been a whole arc, honestly, in Archie. But here, thank God, seven pages max. Thank you. Next. Okay, well, let's go back to the Nameless Zone where Tails is. Again, Kitching and Windit are creative team. At the Nameless Zone, Tails is brought in front of Trog. The Kings tell him if Trog is not defeated, he'll bring his army of berserkers to invade their home. And this is why we need you, Mobius' greatest hero. As Tails is brought in front of him, Trog mocks that this shrimp is their champion. This is gonna be easier than I thought. Our boy Tails, he suited out, got a little sword in hand, says he feels like he can't explain himself now. He stretched the truth in his letters, and if Sonic found out, he'd kill me. Trog invites Tails to take the first shot. He says, hey man, look, there's, there's, there's kind of there's been a mistake here, but Trog just doubles down. One slow swing down, thinks that this is really going to be easy if that's Tails' best shot. Trog kicks him down, and with Tails out the way, his army will be free to attack. 
as this dimension bridge they're on connects their two worlds together. But the combined weight of the two can't support the both of them. The rope bridge snaps just before Trog's sword connects with Tails. And he's able to hold on with a snap rope, thinking that Tails fell to his death. But he's like, hey, yo, Trog, look, um... I can fly, and thanks to this enhanced armor, I think I can actually fly a lot more now. My man, I think it's best for you to surrender, unless there's, you know, another accident with the rope bridge, you know? The people of the Nameless Zone cheer for their hero, and the king's telltales quickly go back to Mobius, the portal is beginning to fade. Jumps in, leaving behind the armor, the enchantment keeps it confined to this zone, as there may be need of it again one day. And Tails is back home, and he runs into Sonic to tell him, Oh, wow, I told you to stay out of my way, and you actually did. What were you up to, anyway? Oh, you know, nothing important. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> this is not where I, I expected Tails to go with this story, especially so early on. It took us so long to get into that shit in Archie. So here to go dive right into it. So, so like, when does he become Turbo Tails and, like, become buff? <laughs> Even better question. Do you think Fleetway Tails was among the multiverse tails? I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> For real? <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I don't... Again, it's weird, but it fits. It feels like it fits, and I'm okay with that. At least, like, because it fits here. Number one, as you mentioned before, it's shorter. But here, it's also just, like, we're being given a lot of benefit of the doubt. Like, a lot of the, the premises of these stories are very, like, hear us out. And by the time it's all over, it's like, okay, sure. At worst, so far, these stories are just fine. But at best, they're pretty solid. Speaking of solid, we have actually a pretty good story from Kitching and Elson. This one is a two-parter. The first in this entire series, really. And it takes place in the Casino Night Zone, featuring those amazing electricians, the Marxio Bros. Grouchio, Chico, and Harpio. So we have Mario, Luigi, and Sponge. Yeah, very bold of them to reference the long-lost Mario brother. Respect, Nigel Kitching. Sonic the Comic Issue 18 at the Casino Night Zone. Sonic and Porker just kind of following a guy around who turns out he lost it all in his gamba spree. Had a major losing streak, but he just couldn't stop playing. Man, like, I I lost my home. What am I going to tell my family? <laughs> I, I have to... Okay, so we got to talk about two things here. First, Elson's art is fucking awesome dude this is like like obviously we saw it before but like this is really where like the designs and the style of elson really start to come into their own with these couple of issues this is also where porker lewis gets his new design and honestly yeah i mean homeboy's kind of wearing a big leather jacket with sonic's face embroidered on the back which that's a little odd but um okay man you do you he's uh but hey i like that the animals the, the flickies are being given their own character arcs. But yeah, no, Elson's art is really good. Like, yeah, no, especially how he designs Casino Knight and the big Robotnik statue as well as a centerpiece. It's art. It is cinema, folks. Sonic tells this guy, yeah, this game is kind of like rigged. Robotnik fixed all the games and hypnotized visitors and turned them into compulsive gamblers. <laughs> uh... Uh, this is a little too prescient for the modern day, is it not? Yeah, some some mad Gamba motherfuckers. This is a crazy-ass story with the context of how Gamba has evolved. And uh, Sonic thinks, 
Maybe that giant Robotnik statue in the center of the park. Its eyes are shooting out hypnotic beams. So stick around. Some changes are going to be made. And inside the statue, Robotnik is talking in question to the Marxio brothers. They're the ones working on the hypnosis tool. Robotnik is telling them Sonic is planning a raid on the zone. This place makes me a lot of money. And if I lost that, I'd be extremely unhappy. So make sure that blue spike ball fails. Or it's back to Marxio world to the three of you. Wow, this is this is hysterical. They really just went for the throat, huh? Uh-huh. And um, so Graccio and Chico, uh, I'm going to do this as best as I can. Graccio goes, Mamma mia, anything but that. <laughs> Nothing could be that cruel. And then the third one, Sponge, just honks a horn. <laughs> yeah, he's a little dopey, communicates with the horn. So I do, I need to comment on this because this came out like way before Mario 64 did. But like this already captured Charles Martinet's voice in my mind. <laughs> At least Graccio does. I hear it as Charles Martinet, and honestly, I hear Chico as, as Lou Albino, the, the Deke Mario shows. I don't know how that happened. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm projecting, I'm gonna be honest. On the ground, Porker is trying to use a signal disruptor to disable all the signals, but they're too far away for it to work. So Sonic grabs it, revs toward the statue, which alerts the brothers to his presence. Hey, look, boss! Robotnik was right about that the hedgehog! So do something about it! Push a button or something! A Chico pushes one, which releases a bunch of SWAT bots and open fire on Sonic as he approaches the feet of the statue. He dodges the incoming laser fire, smashing the SWAT bots left, right, and center, and they don't stop coming in, eventually surrounding Sonic. And he thinks, wait, why would they want me to hold still unless I'm walking into a trap? Trap door opens right under Sonic, ends up falling and hitting a bunch of bumpers on the way down and just barely dodges a spike hole. He then wakes up to see the Marxio brothers holding Porker hostage to Sonic's dismay. We'll skip ahead a teeny tiny bit. Sonic and Porker are tied up on the roller coaster tracks as cars begin to barrel their way towards them. So already we just went from like 10 to like a thousand. <laughs> Yeah, uh, all you had to do was stay out of sight, Lewis. Sorry, Sonic, what are we going to do? I'm working on it. <laughs> I'm working on it. Yeah, no, uh, okay. The stakes are made. Very good end. But now we have a another D story again, focusing on Tails, Nigel Kitching writing, art by both Dave Windit and John Burns, who is a colorist and will stay for the majority of Sonic the Comics run. He's actually confused a lot with his uncle, who shares a name with him, John M. Burns, but this John Burns credit includes 2000 AD, Doctor Who Adventures, and Marvel UK's Thundercats and Transformers comics. Wow. That's a, that's, that's quite a long lineup. So now, back in the Nameless Zone. Described as a place where many people of Mobius are not even sure that it exists. The two Enchanter Kings open a portal back to Tails. They are in need of their champion once again. Tails enters the zone. Nervously, the enchanted armor manifests onto him and again insists that they just call him Tails. They summon in here for a very dangerous quest for him to take on. We asked for you to rescue Shirobe, the third Enchanter King. So I was like, what, what are you talking about, though? You guys are the last Enchanter Kings. Shirobe vanished years ago. I remember because I was still in the zone then. That one line, massive lore implications. Nigel Kitching, what are you cooking? What the fuck is happening right now? Like, like this is what's crazy. Okay, so is Sonic the comic going to Knuckles of Fine <laughs> Uh-oh. 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 We no longer have echidna lore. We have fox lore. Fox lore. And yeah, oh look, I, if you didn't pick up from what I said, they're also all foxes. So it, it was like 
you can use context clues to determine that Tails is from this area, this nameless zone. Sure, okay, but now you're giving us drops of, like, I was still in the zone then. Okay, well, what happened? Why did you leave? I have oh, so dude, many questions. Uh, dude, the fox lore, it's gonna go so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Well, the kings explained to Tails, yes, this is true. Shiro vanished just before Trog invaded, but other warriors were able to push him back to the dimensional bridge and banished him to the land beyond. And there he remains. Plotting his revenge, Shirobe has never been seen again, and we thought he was murdered by the evil creature. And Tails figured they must have heard from him then. That they did! His face appeared in their magic crystal of communication, very faint but with a clear message. Shirobe did not kill him, but took him prisoner. He's been held captive all these years, and Tails puts together, they want him to rescue him. But he will not go alone. One of the zone's bravest fox warriors will accompany him, Errol Blackthorn. And this guy just looks like... Tails' head on a buff body. <laughs> the design's crazy. <laughs> I, I'm, like, dreading... I'm, like, dreading the deeper that we get into this. Like, I, I really sincerely hope that the that the fox lore does not get, like... Insane? <laughs> oh, but, like, it will. I'm scared. Errol leads the way across the bridge. Tails asks, why can we just walk through? I thought we'd have to fight Trog or something. Errol says an enchantment was made on the kings on their side for protection. Besides, who wants to go in here willingly? And on the other side of the bridge, they immediately see a wasteland and get ambushed by goblins. All right, we're cooking here, and I'm very scared. We are cooking, TM. So let's just keep barreling through. Sonic the Comic number 19, Kitchen and Elsing, back at it again for this part two. The Marxio Bros, they boast how they never thought they'd be the ones to off the famous Sonic the Hedgehog. Chichko and Groucho kind of argue who really did the work to put all this off, though. As on the tracks, Porker asks Sonic, all right, buddy, what's the plan? As the cars barrel closer and closer. Sonic's like, sorry, buddy, uh, I got, I got nothing. Wait, 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 what do you mean, what do you mean you got nothing? What do you mean you got out of plan? We're doomed, I, I can't stand this, man, I, I can't stand this. Sonic's like, dude, chill the fuck out, you're embarrassing me. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, man, it's just, you know, it's just not every day where I'm out to get splattered by a roller coaster car. So he's like, bro, it was a joke, I got a plan. Has anyone told you you have a strange sense of humor? <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Sonic says he can just vibrate his hands at supersonic speed and the rope should loosen, as it turned out so easily. Quickly freeing Proker, just before the cars cross their path, they jump out of the way. Sonic rides the top of the car, and he's fine, which is more than those Marxio bros will be able to when I find them. As they were on the tracks being chased by the car, this idea of yours was really dumb, Chico. Oh, so it's a my idea again, is it? They run out towards a maintenance tunnel, leading Sonic to hop out and chase after them, but thinks, it might not be the best idea to chase after them. They kind of know this place like the back of their hand, but kind of do also got a reputation to uphold here. Against his better judgment, goes through the tunnel. Finds again at the heart of the zone, with the brothers having the high ground, taunting Sonic with the remote they brought in. We don't know what it is, but it seems important. Leaps in as he tells them it's a disruptor. We're going to use it to reprogram your master computer so your gaming machine will have a big payout. They program the computer to never pay out though, but it will once Sonic gets his hand on it, as uh, Groucho ends up smashing the remote with his staff. Sonic's just like, eh, cool. I don't really need it, though. Confusing them as they make him chase him out. Sonic thinks that if Porker was smart enough to build a disruptor remote, he can definitely reprogram the computer manually. And once again, heading in the main yard, that's just what Porker did. He brought him time, and now all the animals in the zone are hitting the big check box. The big money, boys. Here comes the money. I don't know. Porker and Sonic reunite. Sonic impressed today. But the bros roll up their sleeves, taking it that this means war. But Poker says, eh, 
technically you guys haven't lost yet. But he counts down and detonates the Robotnik statue, leading Sonic to take him and get him all out of there. While the Casino Night Zone situation is over, this is just the start, Robotnik. I gotta say it, man. Uh, the art, dude. It's... <sighs> yeah, and to think this is just the start. It's only gonna get better from here. Dude, Elson is so good. Like, uh, what is it about him and bright colors? You know? Like, that's the thing that impresses me. It's the shading and the use of bright colors. Like, there's such an emphasis on the bright colors being accentuated. It's so cool. Yeah, it's very, very solid. And I mean, it's just the constant contrasting, I think, what it is, is that Sonic, very easy for him to stand out. And, you know, these environments and backgrounds is really where he shines. Casino Night Zone, big bright lights, big bombastic set pieces. That's perfect for him. Perfect for him. Yeah, it's I, I am so impressed with the art. I mean, this is only issue 19. But we can, like, clearly tell Elson is doing a fan-fucking-tastic job. You know what, man? It wasn't a super complex story, but it gave us a bit of an intro to Porker Lewis and his character. He's a, he's a tech whiz. He's a, he's a computer hacker, a programmer. Adds to that more ragtag group that, that they're clearly trying to make here. Interesting. I like it. Yeah, and I also do want to comment on the Marxio Bros in question. I know we brought him up. I'm going to have to do it again. Ken Penders did try to make a parody villain set for Archie Sonic on the Mario Brothers, but Sega did reject it for being too obvious. And I think I did, like, find some of the concept art that Ken made for it. So my question is now, why was Sega of Europe cool with it and not uh, Sega of America? Because my theory as so far is that these guys, while it's pretty blatant what they are, they are distinct enough where it can be like, yeah, this is fine. This will work. Uh, I don't know, man. Kenneth W. Penders haunts over us like a fucking ghost, man. You're telling me. Regardless, let's finish up this issue with the last story done by Nigel Kitching, Windit, and Burns on the art. The boys, Arrow and Tails, surrounded by the goblins. Arrow's fighting for his life and tells Tails, if you really are the champion of the nameless zone, you prove it now. Tails like, ah... Uh, yeah, yeah, but I'm just, I'm just waiting for the right moment. And he tries to explain yet again about this hero thing. He flies up as a goblin tells him to come back down. They're overpowered as the goblins run off. And now Errol asks about this supposed mistake. Oh, I, I think you're going to be a little cross. British moment, TM. Tails explains that in the letters he wrote back to his family in the Nameless Zone, he exaggerated how well he was doing in Emerald Hill. So, for example, Errol says, like saying you defeated Robotnik with the help of that blue hedgehog. I-I-I-I I, I didn't mean it to get out of hand. But Errol says he will be telling the Enchanter Kings about the deception. For now, we enter the Labyrinth, to Tails' dismay. As they're inside, Errol says he studied the map of this place, so we shouldn't get lost. But, they get intercepted by some kind of, like, goblin-lizard hybrid, and it chases after them. What is it- what is it with these- like, I-, I okay. So why does Tails get, like, the swords and sorcery type B? Like, in both comics. I think, uh, my boy Tails just played a little too much Ultima, I guess. I, I guess. I guess they were just like, yeah, Ultima's pretty cool. We like, we, 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 we Brits like ZX, I'm gonna say ZX Spectrum RPGs. I 100% guarantee that Nigel Kitching was inspired by Ultima for the story, no doubt. Or at least took concepts from it, at the very least. Yeah, I, I feel like it's, it's taking concepts. The goblin chases the two of them off a cliffside. Errol slyly saying Tails' the secret is gonna die with them, but Tails says, no, we're not gonna die, and flies himself and Errol 
down and eventually touching solid ground. Well, now Errol owes him his life, but unfortunately, I still have to tell the kings the truth about you. It is my duty, after all. But they see themselves surrounded by piles of bones, thinking they must have been here a long time, but upon hearing a growling sound, perhaps not. But they hear another voice, though, that of Sharob, tied up and held on an altar like a sacrifice. Errol says it's going to take time to break these chains. Uh, let's hope they free him before the owner of that growl shows up, though. To their dismay, it's already sulking around in the darkness. Okay, that's the end of that part of the story. End of issue 19. Okay, we got the stakes now. And Tails, 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 you little fucking liar, huh? You turned out, I can't. You know what? He took after Sonic like that, definitely. Yeah, I, I, their relationship is more antagonistic this time around. But I guess he he did pick up on one trait, which is being a liar and a bit of a bit a bit of a. Bit, you you know what? I'm gonna say it. Tails is on fraud watch. Bow 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 bow. Fraud alert. But uh, we'll see what Tails's fraud watch is up to in issue 20 with our A story done by Nigel Kitching and art by Gonzalez or Rodriguez, not Gonzalez. I'm Hispanic. That's not racist. <laughs> too many, too many Hispanics. You know, we didn't bring up on the pre-show, by the way. I don't know if we want to keep this in or not. We didn't bring up fucking the Budokai Tenkaichi Four, Sparking Zero. The Latino community has forgiven Bandco. <laughs> For real. For real, though. When that game releases, Mexican cartel activity will dip to zero. <laughs> For like two days. <laughs> For like two days, it's true. Everyone, they're going to be like, let me play as Goku mid. Yeah. We're back, boys. <laughs> anyway, uh, well, you know what? I'm keeping it in because Sonic is, after all, furry Dragon Ball Z. Anyway. Hey, hey speaking of that, we have something related to that, this issue. <laughs> anyway, Sonic and Tails are on their way to the hilltop zone on the tornado. Tails points out there's an active volcano. Sonic's like, wow, really? No kidding. You mean the mountain with all the smoke coming out of it? Brilliant observation. Sonic, you fucking asshole. <laughs> a turtleoid badnik intercepts them, leading for Sonic to instantly leap and take them out. While he finishes, no matter how cool he is, still haven't learned to fly. Tails, I hope you're on the case. Swoops down and catches Sonic on the wings of the plane. Gotta admit, pal, you occasionally do have your uses. Gee, thanks, G, Sonic. Gee, thanks, Sonic. What a fucking asshole. Jesus Christ. Hey, speaking of assholes, uh, are you guys ready for big racism? They land and are greeted by the locals who are eagles and look uh, very Native American inspired. Yeah, this is a British moment to the fucking T. Why the fuck are they like this, man? I'm not touching this. I don't. This is just a little odd. Tails reminds Sonic that uh, Chief Corden himself is meeting us. This is a great honor and Sonic just blows him off. Corden thanks Sonic for coming and for answering his call so quickly. He says the reason why he was called was that the Mountain of Destiny has become active. Oh my god. Soon it will erupt and their homes will be destroyed. The gods are angry with us. Ah. <laughs> Dude. This is so British, it hurts. It's so 90s, it hurts. And um, when they mention the gods, our boy Sonic pulls an R slash atheism. Look, buddy, I don't believe in all that supernatural stuff, but I will check it out for you. Sonic, have some fucking respect. No time for matters, little buddy. We got a zone to save. If you say so, Sonic. At the rim, they see magma bubbling up, but Sonic gets into like a, a gondola with a rope leading into the rim. No better ideas, the two just go down. And Tails says he swears he saw something moving in the liquid. But you know, it's molten, molten lava. 
Until suddenly a bad Nick pops right under the cart and knocks Tails and Sonic out of it. Tails catches Sonic, but they only got a few minutes and not enough time to get up and out. They try to make it to a ledge, but Tails can feel himself tiring out. I'm not, not gonna make it. And Sonic in his stress, fine Tails, I don't need you to right now. And from it, Sonic turns into Super Sonic to Tails' shock once again. Oh boy, he's back. Now this is another cool instance of some stuff here. So I'm gonna read this next section. Supersonic rushes through into the mouth of the badnik, blows it up from the inside. That's what you get for not chewing your food properly, creep. As Tails points Sonic to the Seismatron. Greeting Sonic, yes, you've walked straight into another one of my brilliant traps. <laughs> As Tails says, uh, what are we gonna do, Sonic? And he's like, y you can do what you like, you little whiner. I I'm going to destroy everything. Destroy, destroy. Too late, Spike Ball. Nothing can stop my seismotron now. In just three seconds, the volcano erupts. And by the way, I preferred you in blue. <laughs> oh. Three seconds, I'm out of here. Let go of my leg, kid. Not a chance. As soon as I'm safe, I'll take care of you, you little creep. He flies off. Sonic, don't you remember me? Boy, I hate it when you become supersonic. Uh, the racist eagles see the volcano erupt, say, There is no hope, for Sonic has failed us. Sonic is about to go kill Tails. As he says, say your prayers. Uh, and he says, Sonic, you, you gotta stop the volcano somehow. Let the hilltop people die. What do I... Holy oh, shit. That is the least Sonic thing you can say. Tails then says, well, if you can't do anything, who said can't? Watch this. Tails has gotten used to dealing with Supersonic's bullshit that he knows how to manipulate him. It's actually, it, it's one of those instances where like, it, it, to put it into D&D terms, intelligence has been exchanged for brute strength. And because of that, it's a lot easier to, uh, to get the checks on him, if you will. Tails does not need a nat 20. He only needs a 10. Yeah, it's cool. He bursts around the lava like a supersonic fan to cool the lava and eventually appears from the puff of smoke as a normal Sonic. Was I mad at you? I don't remember much about what I do when I go super. Hang on a sec. While the dust clears, I want to see if it worked. Pretty good, huh? As it shows a statue of Sonic that he fashioned from the fucking lava because he's a self-assessed evil maniac. And as Sonic even ends it saying, I figured that the people here should have something to really admire. You know what, man? Whatever. <laughs> Fucking whatever. <laughs> but yeah, no, cool story. A rare instance of Supersonic appearing, but also sort of like, okay, yeah, we don't really need you necessarily, but it all ended well. Tails has learned how to manipulate Supersonic in this state. Will this keep moving forward? Will Supersonic even, like, start to see through Tails' manipulation? More questions to come we will see anyways we are moving to story d with again kitching and winded and burns are our creative team in the nameless zone errol and tails are only seconds away from getting attacked by this beast in this pit but errol takes a rock and hits the chains to break Sherobe free and he does so the beast surprised that they're taking away his supper tails figures this is our cue to get out of here tails can't fly with both of them out of there but they are in a pit, Arrow figures, and tries to lead the way out through a tunnel that way. The Beast is not pleased with this turn of events, his meal escaping, and gives chase after them. Tails thinks they won't make it out in time. We may have to fight this monster. Arrow and Shirob go on ahead. Tails stands firm outside the mouth of the tunnel, ready to fight, though wishing Sonic was here too. This Beast runs headfirst, 
hitting his head on the roof of the tunnel and takes some hard damage. So Tails just takes the opportunity to catch up with the others, just saying it was good luck. Uh, can we can we talk about this monster's design, by the way? Dude, like, what is going on here? Yeah, this looks like, uh, like a chimera kind of mishmash of a bunch of different creatures. It kind of gives me the vibe of, like, if Beast and Beauty of the Beast was much more feral and animalistic. That's the best way I can put it. Yeah, he kind of looks like a, like a nugget. <laughs> like a they nugget. A chicken, like, like, like they gave a really moldy chicken nugget, like, arms and legs and a mouth and some really mean eyes. Damn, okay. <laughs> I mean, it's true. It's true, folks. So, Shirobe takes a torch, leads the group out the tunnel to get back to the Dimension Bridge. But Arrow tells Tails they seem to be heading deeper underground, but Tails thinks they've been trapped here for years. You gotta know the way to some extent. Leaving the tunnel, they're surrounded by goblinos, demanding they drop their swords. Uh, Tails sees Shirobe joining the goblins, though, wondering if he didn't actually want to be rescued. And Shirobe says, no, I don't, actually. And nowadays, I prefer to be called by a different name. And his skin melts off, revealing his true form, Shrog. Wow, a betrayal. Shock. Wow. wow. Also, shoutouts to this panel specifically, where he looks like a used condom. Ugh. Well, folks, what do, what do we say? What do we say about that? Used condom looking motherfucker. Anyways, so let's, let, I mean, let, we, we, we got past that story. So I think it's time for an introduction of a certain somebody. I hope we're ready because um, it's time for some characterization. Sonic the Comic issue 21. Of course, Kitching and Elsing are our creative team. We open on the Emerald Hill Zone. A swarm of SWAT bots break down a door as Amy Rose is officially arrested for associating with Sonic the Hedgehog. She says that she doesn't care what you say about Sonic. They're in love. <laughs> uh, looks like Amy's been going around saying she's Sonic's girlfriend again. Sonic is currently in his disguised form as Bob Beaker saying, yeah, I think Sonic is going to be pretty mad when he hears about it. And the two leap into action, Bob revealing his Sonic the Hedgehog and Johnny Lightfoot in his proper new redesign pulls out a bow staff ready to fight. So already, this one panel goes pretty hard. Yeah, this is a really cool angle to take, uh, giving somebody a bow staff. Miss Estelle Bright, my goat, uh, uses a bow staff in Trails, and I love her. Uh, and this is a really, really, really unique weapon, especially for characters. I guess if you don't want to give the main characters weapons like swords or more like things like that, but giving them a weapon to suppress and detain is pretty cool. So yeah, I like this. This is a cool choice. I'm ready to see how Johnny performs in action. The SWAT bots are taken aback by Sonic, and the two rush them as they take Amy. Sonic scraps left and right as one SWAT bot calls to use Weapon X. Weapon X, how corny can you get? But this weapon fires a bunch of spikes forward, missing both Sonic and Johnny, but is going to cause a lot of collateral damage to the Emerald Hill folk. So Sonic does a Quicksilver scene, grabbing the spikes in midair as they're launching, the last one about to be driven into a kid's head and grabbed it just the last second. Jesus Christ. Yeah. As he grabs it, he says, Hey kid, didn't your mother tell you not to play with sharp objects? Uh... You know, I, I gotta say it, man. Why does Sonic seem so fucking cool in this comic? Even while being a dick, you know? Like, 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 there's something about the way that he's drawn and, like, the energy. He, he actually fits the 90s vibe kind of perfectly, no? Richard Elson's got dark magic in his corner, man. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, and it's not like the writing is anything super special right now. It's just, there's this energy and this atmosphere that's coming from these comics, and it's, 
It's fucking sick, man. Yeah, no, this is. I have a very good taste in my mouth with these comics as things go so far. Unfortunately, the swap bots are escaping and heading back to the special zone. Nice work, Sonic. Not a scratch on anyone. Not nice enough, bud. Look, the Banics are warping out, heading back to the Robotnik in the special zone. Amy got herself into this. She's going to expect us to get her out. And then Sonic says the most sexist line of all time. Women. Just one word, women, exclamation point. My man. My man. Oh my god. I I know this is a 90s moment, but like... British people and casual misogyny. Name a better duo. You can't. Yeah, now they evolved from misogyny to transphobia. They just gotta hate. It's in their blood, I guess. Now, in the special zone, we see Robotnik's base. A death egg looking place with small eggs orbiting it. So, I want to comment on this. This is definitely a coincidence. But this design kind of matches the final concept of Sonic Extreme, does it not? Yes, it does. I know that's definitely a coincidence. Probably on both STI and uh, Fleetway Sonic's part, but that's a hell of a coincidence. Inside, Robotnik is meeting with his PR people and is angered by the suggestion that he needs an image makeover. And they're saying, well, Doc, the people just don't like you. I'm a power-crazed dictator. I don't care if people like me, as he kicks him out of his office, as they go, you know, that's a fair point, actually. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> so, so, side note, by the way, so why does Robotics just have random-ass fucking humans? Yeah, what's up with that? Where'd they come from? Yeah, this is... There's some other shit in this uh, in this comic that does not get explained. And I'm like, what? What's happening? But those buffoons were right in a way. This body has served its purpose. It's time for a change. As we are introduced to our snively adjacent character. This individual, Robotnik's chief scientist, a troll-looking kind of guy by the name of Grimer. This guy looks very grotesque. He looks like a easily goblin mode. He's just like, okay, sure, I guess. Grimer here is stopped by a robot maid. Don't go in there. The boss is in a real ugly mood today. Grimer is not moved. I'll, I'll be fine. But inside, he sees nothing more than a giant egg in Robotnik's seat, kind of given a, an odorous smell. Is that egg you, master? I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> That, look, I'll be honest, that's a very MCU tier level of writing, but I will allow it. Yeah, in this in this instance, it's uh, it, it works because it's 90s and this is before that. It's like, oh, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Back at the underground bunker, Tails and Porker are working inside. Sonic and Johnny arrive back. No time to chit-chat. We got a rescue to handle. Pause. We have to talk about this. Sonic has a secret underground base, not all adjacent. Porker Lewis is there, Tails is there, and for some reason, Zordon-ass hologram of Kintobor. Wild setup already, just on visual cues alone. Yeah, this is weird. There's no explanation for this, by the way. Uh, we get some touches of it here and there, especially as we start. So Sonic goes to the Kintobor computer. It holds a copy of Kintobor's consciousness before he turned into Robotnik, telling him that the computer has monitored transmissions. Amy is currently being held in Robotnik's fortress in the special zone. Sonic figures as much, and they go to the checkpoint that was built inside. 
Sonic charges up with his speed, and the boys say we hope we'll never get used to hopping between zones like this. Ready to go? Sonic grabs Johnny and leads him into the special zone. Johnny says that we should have a plan to not just barge in, but Sonic says, ah, no worries, we'll be in and out of Robotnik's fortress before he even knows what hit him. Sonic leads Johnny through the zone, it's kind of weird to navigate, and they eventually reach the fortress, Sonic buzzsawing his way through the front door. See, Johnny boy, this is gonna be even easier than I thought. But Sonic triggers a security mechanism. Badniks encapsule him and Johnny in a pink bubble. And then Sonic chastises Johnny saying, bro, I told you we should have had a plan before we came in here. And then Johnny's just like, sure, Sonic, if you say so. Like everyone is in the loop that this guy is just like not on his, he's, he's just in like full like, like bozo mode. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, this guy is like just gone mentally and everyone's just like, he's kind of the best chance we have against Robotnik. I think we just got to tolerate him. <laughs> And I really like that that's the vibe. Like, everyone only tolerates Sonic. And I find that very funny. It's a different sort of vibe, but at the same time, there's an air of coolness to it. And so Grimer arrives to him, apologizing that the doctor could not be there to greet them. He's changing into something more comfortable. As we see that the egg Robotnik and Cathled himself in begins to crack. And that's our cliffhanger for this story. Wild. Okay, so we get to see Robotnik's inside, you know, the special zone and all that. We get to see his base for the first time. Introduction of this Snively adjacent character, Grimer, who already seems to be a lot more competent than Snively to begin with. So this is going to be interesting. Yeah, this is definitely going to be interesting. I I am already. I, I haven't. I didn't get much to say on it, but dude, there's so many shots in this this issue. They're just crazy. The shot of Sonic like whirring up the uh, the star post to go into the special zone so fucking cool dude yeah you can see the speed in it which is pretty impressive yeah there's just a vibe dude it's great and now we'll finish off the uh god i really hope tails is not a chosen one in this canon story arc by of course kitching and winded and burns trog's deception has been revealed tails is surprised with this turn of events and now trog explains himself he is actually the enchanter king Sharob, the eldest of them and by far the most powerful then one night he accidentally made contact with the evil one. It's fucking Enerjack. I'm gonna kill myself. <laughs> well, I was just gonna say, oh man, this is some Ultima shit. Nigel Kitching, what are you doing? But with you saying that, now I'm terrified and I want my mom. Oh, it begins, guys. It begins. Fucking, are you guys excited for us to have the, the deep lore dump about fucking... Fucking... Oh, good, dude. I'm ready for Tails adjacent Enerjack. Tails becomes Enerjack, guys. It's happening. Oh god, some might say, he says, the experience drove me insane, but I think it changed me for the better. And everyone thought Trog had killed Sharobe, but I did this deception to contact the kings as Sharobe so they could send their little champion to rescue him. I couldn't let you live after that past humiliation. Tails flies up, angered that all this was for revenge, and charges towards Trog. You should have stayed in the Emerald Hill Zone with your cute friends, you little creep. Trog pushes Tails out of the sky. You won't be so cute when I'm finished with you, Furface. And with Tails cornered, Trog is ready to display his Tails in his trophy room until suddenly a bright portal opens in front of Tails. The bright light blinds Trog and the goblins. So Tails takes Eero, leads him through the portal as Trog throws his sword towards them, but it flies over their heads and into the portal. And as it turns out, the portal led them back to their inner sanctum of the Enchanter Kings with Trog's sword landing dead center. Errol thinks that while Tails may not be the champion who defeated Robotnik, you did act like a real hero today. I do still have to tell the kings the truth, though. Speaking of, they arrive. 
Telling tales that he can only stay in the zone for a limited amount of time. The magic is starting to wear off. But before he leaves, Errol has to tell the kings, Without tales, I would not have made it back from the land beyond. He is truly a worthy champion. And so, that sweet little moment done, Tails thanks him before heading into the portal back home. So that's the story concluded. That's the end of this issue. Now, folks, we have some questions, of course. Now, the evil one. I swear to God, if this is some Enerjack bullshit, it, it, I will it, it, again it, 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 summon my persona. It's fucking over. It's just, it's so, if it's Enerjack, it's so over. It, like, like, not only did it happen once, it happened in two comics. Two! That this fucking Chosen One prophecy bullshit is happening. To be fair, this is removed from the main plot right now. It's in its own little fuck shit dimension. Quite literally. So, it's fine. But we don't know if it's going to continue. And that's where the fear comes in. <laughs> maybe, listen, it'll, maybe it'll be executed good. Or maybe it'll just be horrible and consume the common from within. No, no, no. Listen, I trust Nigel Kitching to have a brain and be responsible about his storytelling. Jesus, man. Okay. Well, we have a bit of a diversion for you. Yes. So something that... um would often happen uh, much in the same way that the super specials existed. There was a super special of sorts for Sonic the comic, the poster max. These just had a bunch of cool giant posters and a Sonic story in them. So, um, hope you guys like racism. <laughs> yes, I am giving everyone here a fair warning, a fair trigger warning. This is probably the most like, like, look, we may like point and laugh. just like, hmm. Hmm, this is just overt. The antagonist for this story is quite literally an ape in blackface. British people, man. British people. They have to get the hate out somehow. I don't get it. No, I do kind of get it. The post-World War II, their brains broke. They can't hate ethnically anymore, so they have to do it amongst themselves. Oh my god. Anyway, without the sociological aspects in tow, the story in Sonic the Poster Mag number three is done by Nigel Kitching, and we have a new artist by the name of Mike Headley. He is an in-house artist for Fleetway. His art was seen in 2000 AD, Judge Dredd, and Toxic. So, let's get this over with. The gold mining town of Forest Hill, mostly populated by apes. Some of them are hiding in their own home until the door is broken down by a bunch of robot monkeys led by a large ape, hoping if no one is holding out on me, no one can hide from Kid Cruel and the Coconuts. Which, you know, if it wasn't so racist, I would say this is like a Donkey Kong-ass villain. Like, I feel like this would be in the Donkey Kong Country TV show and be like, yeah, this, this would be funny if it wasn't racist. Just, no. So, uh, Kid Cruel, here to collect collateral, that being the child of this family, and becomes held captive inside one of the Badniks, effectively. And this incident was being recounted to Sonic, Tails, and Porker, saying that all the kids in town have been turned into these Badniks, and Kid Cruel is forcing people to turn over the local gold mines to him. So the boys head out into the forest. According to Porker, these are the correct coordinates. But Tails on Air Support says, I can't really see anything from my height until he gets punted in the chest by a coconut. And they're ambushed by those badniks and take a rainfall of these coconuts. Yeah, 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 good call, pixel brain. Sonic catches a coconut, returns them to center, but Kid Cruel pops out from behind a bush, sends Sonic, ah, ooh, ooh, buddy, I don't think I'd do that if I were you. That voice, ugly face, you must be Kid Cruel. Sonic, babe, look, buddy. See, see this, this what you got in here? It's a bomb strapped right to their chest. 
If any of these badniks take any kind of impact, boom! And tough luck on anyone inside, huh? Right. And they told me you were dumb. And hey, look, you know, there's a serious reward on you from Robotnik, so why don't we why don't we do a deal, buddy? Let's keep them busy, coconuts. I just got a yap with Dr. R. The three are surrounded, kids on the line with Robotnik. They're perfectly trapped and locked. Just come on in and pick them up. Sonic, though, has got an idea. Tails is worried he's going to do something dangerous, but Sonic's like, no, 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 man. I just can't wait for Robotnik to get here. Sonic quickly loops around and around, like, in a Quicksilver scene, effectively, disabling the bombs from the Badniks while freeing the kids inside. Sonic is still holding on to the bombs and has to get them away before... They explode right on top of him. And Kid is hyped, thinking he took out Sonic the Hedgehog like that, but in the fire, Sonic moves out, saying quite literally... He was too fast for the bombs to even hit him. And to Kid's surprise, quickly hog ties him. I gotta say, the, the panel of Sonic jumping out from the flames as, like, the fire streaks from him is fucking peak. Yeah, no, it does go insanely hard. It really does. But we end where Robotnik's ship begins to warp in, and he tells Kid, say hi to Robotnik for me, and leads the kids away. You guys do not want to see what happens next. So... As far as I know, this character is a one-off and does not appear again. Quite frankly, he should not have appeared at all, or at least needed a very hard redesign. <sighs> Thank God. Please only once, never again. Anyways, let's move back to Sonic the Hedgehog, the comic. Issue 22. With Kitching and Elsing, our creative team, for our solo story for Sonic, The Special Zone, Dr. Robotnik's current base of operations. A long time ago, Robotnik encased himself in a giant egg shell, but now something stirs within. His hands break out the shell, and Robotnik has evolved into a new state. He basically looks exactly as he does in AOSTH. Yeah, they literally said, we're taking the AOSTH design, and Sega was like, okay. You're gonna give me menacing dictator Dr. Robotnik in his AOSTH form. Very bold decision. I do say so. Let's see how it plays out. <laughs> Bold move, Cotton. Let's see how it plays out. I'm sorry, I had to rip. Let's look, look. That, that line from Dodgeball is like seared into my brain. But no, no, no. I, I want to see how this goes because it's interesting. Meanwhile, Grimer has taken Sonic and Johnny into his lab alongside Amy Rose being held prisoner there. She boasts that Sonic has yet to fail her. He's come to rescue me. Grimer is impressed with her loyalty, but I'm afraid your boyfriend's rescuing days are over. And Sonic's like, that's, that's not my girlfriend. I don't even like the silly girl. Ah, she means nothing to you, huh? Suppose that means I should just let her go. Come on, don't think I'd fall for that. How can you believe I'd go out with someone like her? She's nothing but trouble. Johnny still has his staff in hand. Is like, Sonic, maybe we should talk about this after we escape. As Robotnik barges into the lab, no one will be doing any escaping today, rabbit. Sonic is surprised to be Robotnik's new look. You gotta stop taking those ugly pills. Uh, Robotnik demands his respect, as the three of them will soon be turned into his newest super badniks. And once turned, there will be no way to revert them. And we see Amy's shell first scene, which is basically a metal Amy design never seen before in the franchise. This has to be like the first instance of a metal Amy in the entire Sonic series. Yeah, this is pretty cool. Sonic only tells Johnny to push. We've been trapped in this overgrown soap bubble long enough. What good will that do, Sonic? Just watch the master and learn. Sonic then uses the bubble like a bowling ball crashing into a set of SWAT bots to Johnny's chagrin. The momentum's making him sick. Robotnik calls for someone to come get them, leading a SWAT bot to shoot at it. Grimer tells them not to, but the bubble eats the shot 
and it pops. The boys are free. Johnny does need a second to get his bearings as they hear Amy's voice coming from the Badnik shell. She can feel the program taking over her mind. So Johnny tells Sonic to do something. We don't have much time left. Ah, I, I, do, do we have to? Can we just pretend we didn't see her? <laughs> Bro, it's like, Sonic, I'm kidding stand back while i bop a bad nick okay that's like actually pretty fucked up sonic like i know you don't like her but that's fucked up <sighs> just i i just i i don't why is he like this man like why is he like this it's very weird because there are a lot of moments i assume in the future there are going to be more moments where sonic does cross the line like that but like doesn't like really get any like punishment for it i i need to see more i suppose yeah we yeah yeah we need to see more Amy is freed after Sonic breaks down the metal Amy shell, much to Sonic's chagrin, but Sonic takes Amy and Johnny out and rush out the base. Robotnik screams for a badnik to stop them, but they've all been scrapped, including one by Grimer, destroying it in a fit of rage for shooting Sonic's bubble. Do my eyes deceive me, or are you smashing the last badnik that could have stopped Sonic? Uh, I, I got a little carried away. Carried away? Carried away? After I'm done with you, you'll need to be carried away! <laughs> wow. Back wow. at the underground base, Johnny figures Amy's gonna have to join the Freedom Fighters. Since Robotnik thinks Amy is Sonic's girlfriend, she's gonna be a target. She's not gonna be safe in the village. Sonic kind of buys the logic, but says... Amy, you are not my girlfriend, got it? And she does agree to those terms for now. <laughs> not yet, anyways. Elsewhere, the final tests are positive, Dr. Robotnik. Yes, even Sonic will be no match for Operation Metalix. Okay, when Sonic the Comic is talked about, this, the Metallics, is what is hyped up. I cannot overstate how hype I am for this. I am extremely interested to see where this goes. We are not getting it for the rest of this issue. We are we are not getting it this session at all. The Metalix is going to be probably next time. But dude, this they're introducing it so early is crazy. Yeah, I mean, they went bold introducing Super Sonic as early as they did. But now we're going to get basically the second most talked about aspect of the series. Bring it on. Bring it on, Nigel Kitching. Bring it on. But that'll have to be for next time because our final issue, Sonic the Comic number 23. Again, Kitching and Elsing will be our creative team. We open on the Mystic Cave with Sonic, Tails, Porker, and Johnny looking for a lost Amy picking up a strange reading. One issue has passed, and she's already causing problems for the team. Sonic, though, tells Porker to relax. Nothing bad can happen when I'm around. At that second, Badniks crawl out and attack. Oh, Sonic does hate it when he's wrong. When Sonic and Johnny trash it, they realize it doesn't have any animals powering it, so... There's that, at least. Porker barely misses a rock shot, but notes Amy should be nearby. Rescue her again, Sonic moans. I told you she'd be trouble. Johnny reminds him she was protecting Tails. She didn't know they'd get captured by pirates. Yeah, yeah, pirates. Give me a break. But then the four are separated by a trap door, leaving Sonic and Tails by themselves. Tails got almost crushed by it, but Tails didn't want Sonic to face this alone. And Sonic decides to take a left from the fork of the road. That path is littered with flasher badniks. One charge touch and it's all over. So says Tails. They charge through the group with the badniks chasing after them, but end up surrounded by more flashers and eat the electric attack. They end up dazed, taken out, and wake up sometime later. Sonic's line is insane, by the way. Ooh, did you get the number of that truck? <laughs> Did you though? That is crazy. That's a crazy line. My man almost got isekai'd as far as he thought. Good lord. But as they wake up, 
They're seen by their captor. So this is the famous Sonic, is it? How disappointing. And they are met by Captain Plunder and his Mystic Cave Pirates. Behind him is Amy, held in a cage suspended over water. Plunder's poking tails towards the water and tries to make demands of Sonic. All right, ask him, all right, what do you want then, buddy? Of course, I want the Chaos Emeralds. The most precious gems on Mobius, and you have them. And Sonic is kind of surprised that the emeralds are being demanded. Well, look, do what you want with us. Robotnik's never getting his hands on them. Oh, I'm not working with Robotnik. In fact, these Batniks I stole from him. Like a real pirate would. I want those emeralds, and maybe this will change your mind. And he kicks Tails off the plank, down headfirst into the chasm. Tails! You can fly, you idiot! And, uh, yeah, he does exactly that. <laughs> <laughs> He really said, hey, motherfucker, you know, you can fly. Oh, like, oh, oh, right. right, right, yeah. Plunder is surprised to see Tails flying. It's not much of a distraction, but it'll do. Sonic takes the opportunity to attack Plunder's right-hand man, but phases through him. Flitch, in question, is a ghost. And Plunder killed him himself to make it so. Well, it was my fault for taking the extra biscuit, Captain. <laughs> Holy Holy sh- holy sh- okay, okay. Is this- yeah. is this- is this peak British? Is this peak- have we hit peak British right now? I feel like this is peak British. Uh, Sonic just kind of rolls with it and rolls into Plunder. He might be a ghost, but you aren't. As they're fighting, Amy shouts, Hey, this is pointless. Sonic's not giving up the emeralds. So look, why not become allies? We have ways of finding out Robotnik's operations. We can relay you which air fighters are worth robbing. Plunder says, ah, Sonic, your girl here is pretty smart. She's not my girl. After a time, a deal's been made. Amy's been let go. And Tails says, you know, a- Amy's idea was uh, pretty clever. Right, Sonic? Huh? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. In fact, I-, I, was, I was just about to suggest that myself. Yeah, totally. And Flitch says, uh, oh, this deal is definitely going to make us much richer, eh, Captain? But Plunder says we've got a fortune enough already. But I do have a plan. One that will still get me the Chaos Emeralds in the end. These folks have not seen the last of Captain Plunder. That's the end of number 23. That's the end of all of our comics this session. Boy, we've gone through a lot, haven't we? (laughs) I'm not going to lie, though. This was a pretty decent set. Mostly disconnected stuff, but mostly fun. And I feel like that's the good word for it. Fun. This still feels like it's in the realm of Sonic. There's an energy to it. It's silly. It's got a vibe. It's It's got a lot of charm. It's got charm. It's got charisma. It's got style. There's even... A, it doesn't have a lot of substance, but the substance that is there is palpable. Exactly. And I feel like that's kind of the big thing that I've been getting from Sonic the Comic as of late. It really just feels like it's taking the ideas of the games and just doing its own thing with it. But it understands where to hold back to alienate people. And maybe this is sort of why people love this comic so much who grew up with it. I can already tell there's a vibrance and energy from just the comics we've read today. More importantly, the art, man. Elson's art is unreal. Like, even for stuff like Captain Plunder, a one-off villain, dude, his design is great. Yeah, that's what I love about Elson's art. The man's not cutting corners, even for something that is technically a one-off. No, he's given it his all. All of his efforts being put in, and you can see it. The quality of this comic, compared to where Archie Sonic was, leaps and motherfucking bounds. It's, it's genuinely impressive how in 23 issues, we already have a more coherent, fun, and beautiful comic than 
Archie probably ever has, at least in the early days. I hate to say it, but I'm fucking kind of impressed. I'm really interested because we know, we know that the deeper we get in, the more substance is brought to the story and to the lore and to the characters. Can the same vibes be matched? That's the question, isn't it? Are we going to keep this momentum going? As far as I can tell, the answer is yes. That momentum is going to keep going. I just want to know how soon. Because we already saw from the last comic, the Metallics is going to be introduced very soon properly. And yeah, this last story was a one-off, but even Captain Plunder does have the inkling like, yeah, we're going to see this guy again. He's not going to just be a one-off villain. He's going to come back ostensibly as an ally of the Freedom Fighters, but we now know that's not exactly the case. He's going to get those Chaos Emeralds come hell or high water. So yeah, I'm very excited to see what comes next. Because since we're here, may as well give us the next set of list. Um, what we have. Sonic the Comic issue 24, just the A story though. But Sonic the Comic issue number 25 to 31 with the A and C stories will be what we're going to be looking at for the next time. And issue 25, already Fleetway Sonic's first milestone issue. Folks, what can we expect from it? Because I can expect the metallics, obviously. That's for, You're going to introduce something that hype, probably, you know, knowing what we know, maybe like a Sonic CD adaption of some kind, which is very ironic considering Archie Sonic 25 is also a CD adaptation. We'll see. We'll see. Very interested to see where and when this takes us. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to continuing. This blind experience has been fucking awesome. I really love the way we've been doing this. It's been really fun. Oh yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to reading the next set of comics and um I think as far as you guys go, I, all I can say is uh, thanks for watching. Subscribe on YouTube. Like the video if you feel so inclined. Patreon.com slash Sonic Speed. We've got a bunch of tiers, a bunch of bonus content, and all of our tiers. Free seven-day trial so you can see what's behind the paywall. Our $2 tier is, of course, early episodes and, and our bonus show. Where we've been reacting to the Sonic TV shows. Still on the underground grind set. Good lord. The Knuckles the Knuckles episodes we watched were truly shocking and appalling. Nucleus. <laughs> oh yeah, there was all there was there was a there was a jump scare in there that me and Alberto were not mentally or physically prepared for. So crazy that we like literally like stun locked. We laughed so hard. Yeah, no, and I will give this much up. We know we've been doing it, you know, drunk a little bit, a little under the influence. This was the one episode where we decided not to. And by God, that was the right reason. That was a good yeah. decision. We went completely sober. Oh my God. Yeah, I don't think I could have handled it drunk, I'll be honest. Y yeah, I couldn't have handled it blitzed out of my fucking mind. Yeah, no way. But yeah, that's the $2 tier. $5 tier is that plus our pre-shows. And $15 a month is all that and a video version of the podcast, as I mentioned before. Again, it's patreon.com slash sonicspeed. And hey, recently, a little personal announcement. I made it to affiliate on Twitch just this past week. So twitch.tv slash sonicspeed. Follow me there and uh, get noticed when I go live. And we'll, I don't know. I don't know what I'll do. Maybe we'll do a live session where I'm reading the comics in real time and have a back and forth with you guys in the chat among whatever else I want to do. You know, the world is our oyster as it is. And of course, the world, something, something, Sonic the Hedgehog. I did not know where to go with that. 
We'll see you guys next time for the first milestone issue of Fleetway Sonic. Get excited, guys. Get hot.